Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 15th, 2016. You know, it's it's been snowing on and off all day up here in Ontario. And uh, I know further south I've had even more snow. So it just shows you uh, what global warming does, eh? You get snow uh, in May, of course. And uh, actually I'm thinking of getting a whole bunch of the local folk around here together on a petition. And then what I can do is uh, do a joint lawsuit to demand that we get our share of global warming since we're paying taxes for it and all that, all these penalties for living, you know, apparently. Living is a penalty. And so you're giving off different things which they don't like anymore. And so I demand my share of global warming. After all, they're, they're, they're taking money off you for it, right? So where is it? But that's a good place to start, really, isn't it? Because we're talking about sanity. Uh, something that's in short supply today, because we have scientifically been driven into a form of insanity. And as long as everybody's insane along with the same things going on in their head, then at the same time, then that's the new normal. Anything, anything can be made to be normal. I've said that so many times. And it, it is. It's, it's scientifically created now. You're nudged into new normals all the time or coerced by threats and so on. That's what law is, isn't it? Through coercion. And, um, and, and, and you see you're nudged through peer pressure as well. Um, most folk will avoid conflict. That's what they showed you in that movie called Fight Club, I think it was. A comedy where they try to, he, he, he tried to show his followers, this guy's followers, he tried to show them how hard it would be to get people really ticked off, so ticked off in the street that they'd physically go, at, go after you. And so that guys in the street there, and as people walk past, they'd, they'd soak them with a hose, things like that. Or they'll do all kinds of things and shake their, 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 their fingers at you and try to discuss what you've done, but they won't do anything beyond that. That's what he was showing you, that people do anything, anything to avoid confrontation. Now, having said that, what I'm getting at here is that our, sci- our scientific society today runs our heads completely. You are a product. You're, we're all products. And they upgrade the products, like anything on an assembly line, uh, at school all the time. So when they want to tweak something, they go, they go into a previous, uh, a, a new product, a new bunch, a new generation, and tweak them for the next part, to, to adjust them so they'll fit into the system that's being designed for them to grow up into with the right opinions and, and so on. Uh, it's all done in advance. It doesn't happen by chance. Is something that the, the, the so-called um, uh, departments of psychiatry, their early departments of psychiatry, talked about uh, before and after World War II, they would run society. And um, a whole new scientific class added to what was called the government. And it's been done, folks. It's been done. You don't see them. Uh, but they're all employed, all right, the neuroscientists and behaviorists and think tanks and all the rest of them, and advisors, all these so-called advisors to government, guys you don't elect from the CFR and all the rest of their institutions, these think tanks and so on, 
uh, are the official advisors to government. And the governments know it because you, governments don't run the country the way you think they run them. They're told what to do. Believe you me, they're told what to do. And the bureaucrats are far more important since uh, each department and bureaucracy has a specific area to, to run, and people live their whole lives in those departments. Then another bunch take over generation after generation. Politicians come and go, so they're not so important. They're just someone to throw the rotten tomatoes at. That's what a politician is. That's all they are. It's all planned before they come along. Whatever's going to happen well, in that office time uh, is planned before they get the job. Any president or prime minister who forgot that would have an accident very quickly to remind them. And if they were too stubborn, they, they, they would have a permanent accident, basically. And uh, that's the way off. Do you really believe that the power holders, the guys who set up world committees, United Nations, massive mega projects, that, are, that have their fingers in the, every country's national, right down to local laws and so on, and what's happening. Uh, do you really think they would just let someone get elected and throw all out there? Do you really believe that? Thousands of rich folk, thousands and thousands of all their min in their, or even their minions of workers, worker bees, I'll just let it go and toss it out the window. Because someone, do you really believe that? Do you really, really believe it? Do you really believe that governments work independently of the banking system? Do you really believe that a government can come in and spend billions to resettle refugees? When you're already broke, supposedly, uh, they can just borrow money from, from the great abyss out there, the big abyss, you know, the borrowing abyss, and, and add it to them when you can't pay off the last lot. And your, your banks are ready to go into receivership, basically. You know. Do you really think that governments can do what they want? Do you really believe it's them that's doing it? Do you? No, it's much bigger than that. It's the ones who decide which government is going to get in, who's going to be the, the figurehead for that term, and who's already planned the future. And, uh, these are the guys who are responsible for all of this. And believe you me, the big, big international moneylenders are only too happy to have socialistic-type systems put in because they're always borrowing. Every, gov every government's there, cap in hand. They can bring in billions or trillions off their taxpayers, but it's never enough. Strange that, isn't it? Strange. It's never enough. Never ever enough. But they get a war started when they say they're broke and they can't help you here and they can't help you there. They get a war started and suddenly they find billions that, are, that were just, you know, slipped out folks' pockets or something. And then they found the back of seats in parliaments, things like that, for the war. Just astonishing, isn't it? Do you realize we're treated worse than babies are, folks? Do you realize that? This is worse than being humoured as some senile old fool or some totally ignorant little child that can't even put words together yet. This is ridiculous, the way we're treated, isn't it, really? And you've got all these massive 
plays going on. I call them plays like a stage play. Going on all the time to reinforce the BS that this is all real. And and on-the-spot reporting and uh, and uh, all these investigative journalism rubbish. Huh? To me, you think it's all real? It's astonishing, isn't it? Darn well astonishing. Incredible. And even those involved in the big creating of the big stage play uh, long ago came out and told us that we're creating this system with scientific elites running the whole show and neuroscientists and behaviorists and all the rest, the different ists and blah, blah, running our brains for us and training us in such a very clever way along with the complicity, utter complicity and necessity for fiction to drive it home as well, because your guards are down when you're watching fiction and you're getting brainwashed, that, yeah, you will be the final product they, they, they promised. Regardless of what you might think beforehand, oh, they could never change my mind on anything. Really? 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 Yeah, Aldous Huxley talked about it. Quite openly, when he was pressed, quite openly, about the kind of world that was planned to come in. He talked about the, the, what they knew back then, back in the 50s and 60s, and the, the experimentation they'd been doing quietly all along then, too. Uh, he was in Tavistock, he was associated with Tavistock Institute. Uh, on basically on behavior modification, where they used mental patients at the time in Britain, and uh, and other uh, and universities too across the world, they were into basically again um, behavior modification and, and ways which patients would even know they were getting modified. That's the best way, isn't it? The best way is to to make them think that everything that they're deciding to do is their own choice. Really. I mean, didn't realize even through the, the ridiculous tests that they started giving, the new, new kinds of tests out in the 70s and maybe the 80s, it's all check things. Like, what would you do in this situation, this or that? Well, how many of you actually bothered putting neither? You, you, the choices they gave you uh, weren't the choices you'd make, and they weren't on the paper for you to take any other choices. So, so don't make their choice. <laughs> Because it's all that's available. Just yeah, just use their choice. It's, it's all it's all they're giving us. Really, that that means they, they, you can go along with any choice government and, and its many many myriad of agencies, most of which you've never heard of, by the way, and don't know exist. Uh, they're completely in charge, all the time. These aren't the low-level bureaucrats you're going to maybe going to bump into once in a while. No way, no way at all. So you are the product. You are the final product. Uh, most people are totally predictable. They'll go the way they heard. Uh, they'll buy the things they heard or encouraged to buy. Uh, they'll give up all their privacy to be on all these things that they're encouraged to be on. And, uh, and they look trendy when they're doing it. They'll, they'll even learn the new trendy words that they're supposed to pick up to show you that they're, they've got the right lingo to go with the new, it used to be computer, then it became cell phone, and then this and that. 
all the different terms that are put out for them to, to, to pick up on, and they do pick them up as though they'd invented them themselves. Astonishing, eh? It's astonishing. And they don't even know what's going on or what's been going on. Even when they're arguing about things that are really irrelevant. See, most of the things you argue about today are gone. It's past tense. People in the U.S. argue about America. What America? What America? It's like some strange fairy story where you're looking at all the things that could happen to destroy the beautiful magic land but you're always looking outside of your, your beautiful land for it to happen from by, by evildoers outside. It hasn't occurred to anybody in the U.S., for instance, that they are the New World Order. Huh? They are the ones in the U.S. who took over the banners of revolution. And never stopped. So now, they're throwing normalities out the window all the time. Right down to bathrooms. And who can use those bathrooms? And they do this with, with a fervor and, and, and an angst. You're, you'd be scared to be in the same room as them as they battle this out. Madness. Utter madness. Now, madness is what you get when you've strained the limits of credulity and sanity. You see, and I've done talks about this before years ago, a culture that was natural did not need a massive police force anywhere. Everybody inside that culture knew the basic rules. They learned very quickly. There weren't a lot to learn, uh, including the children. Very quickly, you learned those, those basic rules. So you didn't need cops and so on. Cops, police and all the rest of it, tend to come in through something else which is incredibly major, which has disrupted society. Because a society where you know the basic rules... And nobody in society, when I was a, a child, for instance, nobody, I mean nobody, would have been screaming about not having a bathroom that could be gender fluid, as they call it now. We maybe want to be a woman, woman today and a guy tomorrow, vice versa. You say gender fluid. We all these rubbishy terms to learn as we go further and further in insanity. And people are fighting about as though it's the most important thing in the planet. As folk are dying off with diseases across the planet. As folk are being abused across the planet because they can't afford the meds uh, to treat the diseases that are getting shoved out there. Never mind the poisoned foods you're all eating. It's more chemicals than actual protein. And and all the things that really, really matter. No, they're telling you at the very top, in all your newscasts, this is the most... Where you piddle, where you piddle, folks, is the most important thing going on in the whole planet right now. 
as, you, as, they, as they talk about the, oh, the superpowers are regaining their atomic weapon. Oh my God. Oh, no, worry about where you piddle, where you want to pee. And you all think you're sane as you get caught up in it. Who put the trap out there? Who, who shoveled you into it? Yourself. You, you shoveled yourself into it. There's only one sanity. It's quite simple. Something that's pushing against it once, once. Listen, listen to this. It's awfully important in mind control. They want a form of insanity. You understand? It's quite simple. Now, a few years ago, I mentioned about the most important thing they were shoving out there from the U.S. again, you know, the country of revolution, of liberal, liberal, ultimate rights for everybody. This is where you end up with it. It was from the States that was dishing out the, the, the cash through the IMF to different countries for loans and so on across the world. At the top of the loan list, I mentioned, I read it, I read it before umpteen times, at that time, was uh, was that the countries that receive these loans now must start um, making it safe for homosexuals. Like that was the most important thing on the planet then. And now you're down to them fighting over bathrooms and uh, yeah, such. Yeah. All from the country of revolution, and because that is from themselves, they're they're terrified of things that might happen from countries outside of themselves. They don't have the ability to look at themselves and say, where's this all coming from? Who's forcing this on the world? Hmm? No, it's not all the old jabber stuff, nonsense of the party of communism that you had during the Soviet era. It's a new type of thing, you see. It's a revamped... Uh, uh, space age communism More advanced than the old kind Because this communism Goes all the way to total mind control Advocated by governments That are all signed on to it Yeah And the public Who are the objects of the brainwashing Are the last to even try and figure that out Very few will And that's something And that's something See, you're not allowed to have all, uh, different opinions anymore. Sanity, sanity. Sanity is the, the, the thing they're after. They want to exterminate sanity. So be very careful when you speak. They might realize you're sane. Ah, my God, the person's sane. Get them. Get them right away. The person knows what's going on. Ah, like one of these movies, you know. And you can see the aliens. Most folk can't see them. You got the special glasses, you can see the aliens running here. Oh, they live. You're, you're there, folks. You've been monitored since you were born in ways you haven't even got a clue about. Not a clue. They've got the whole history, by the way. Right down to third world countries, they've all got the same histories of the genealogies of your family lineages. They know what you're liable to get genetically as a disease down the road. They know all this stuff. 
they can count on it, in fact, pretty well. And not only that, they can actually encourage a lot of it too by knowing what this particular disease needs to get kicked off. Quite simple, isn't it? You have no idea that even in third world countries there are big specialists involved from United Nations departments and things like that. Constantly studying, studying, studying. We're all studied. You see, for those who command a special position in the world, intergenerational, total power, total wealth, total power, and total privacy, because they get it at the very top. A life of Riley, basically. No, none of the worries that everyone else is, has been forced to accept as normal. They don't worry about, oh, I left the house without my credit card or my this or my that. Oh, no. no, no, no. They have butlers now that come along. Evan's taking care of for them from the minute they would open their eyes in the morning. They have no worries what... Intergenerational. And they sit around as they're twin their children with mummy and daddy. And they listen to the conversations of folk who are sane because they run the show. They hear the real ins and outs of society. How things really work. And how, and how basically uh, that their plans are going awfully, awfully. But be very careful. Don't let them hear you. That's what they'll say to each other, you say. Don't let me hear you, you know. That's the real world, though. I mean, here's an article here from a free country, like Canada. (laughs) Again, attached to this revolution, you see. Remember, the revolution really started, supposedly, in Britain. Uh, with uh, the old institutions. Remember, Britain was the first country to have revolution. And then Britain had the empire. And then uh, it paid for a lot of it. All the taxpayers always paid for it. And then they changed it to the US because it it bled Britain dry with utter wars and wars and wars and poverty, 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 massive debts with world wars and so on. So the US took it over. And they're still, you know, playing the games of borrowing to to give away and borrowing and borrowing to give away, you know, so they haven't crashed totally yet. But the big boys who manage it all, believe you me, they could bring you through an utter crash into a new system and you'd be the last to even know you'd, you'd been through, into a new system. Last ones to know. Look at many things you've accepted from cell phones to all the instant automatic payments from your paychecks and that, straight from institutions and even governments and, and your bank account and away again before you even see what's there. And you accept that all as quite normal. Quite some, that's, that to me is quite something. Quite something indeed. Acceptance, see? How fast folk are, are, are accepting things as though it's quite normal. Again, great books out there from the 1800s and even before that on how inventions uh, will change society. Because when something that didn't exist in an area of your life, where it's in the home or anywhere else, when it suddenly comes out into existence, an invention, you can alter your, your habits because of the invention. 
just like we we altered uh, so many of the people who, the, for instance, who were really, really uh, the pioneers of, say, the U.S. and early America and things like that. They go right off into the, the boonies, uh, off trails and all the rest. Way, way, way gone, basically. And they survived and they would take their chances and so on. As folk get fat and lazy, uh, they want insurance. They want to be close to hospitals, yada, yada, yada. And along, of course, one time came uh, the train. And when the train came along, suddenly uh, all those places way out in the boonies closed down. Because if the, if the trains wouldn't supply them, they could close those ones down and they could make folk move to areas where the trains were opening up depots and so on and towns would arise and so on. An invention, you see. The cowboy year in the States lasted 30 years, I think before the train started to transport the cattle. An invention. Look at the beginnings of it's really the chip for, for the public's side of view, that, or point of view, that is. And the first place that we saw him like that was the, the simple battery-operated clock, or watch, I should say. That was a breakthrough in its time, and yet that little chip in there uh, put a whole, a whole generation of watch repairs, clock repairs, out of business overnight. Overnight, folks. And it also got everyone ready for all the little fancy things it could do, this little chip, all the things it could promise you. And folk had 20 different tunes on their watch and nonsense like that. Buy another one, buy another one, etc. I know you have watches that that match your cell phones and can everything's been planned to work with each other a long, long time ago. And you've been trained all your whole life that this will come, not in a conscious way for you. They don't like you being conscious about it, like you to work to work in a, a subconscious manner. And and then when it's, when it's eventually made or mandated as normal and you must have this, they've all got them anyway. And they think they planned it all themselves. So inventions change everything. The vehicle changed things too. Being able to travel for the first time changed so much. And governments did not like that, naturally. Since the history of governments was toll roads and so on, they could ban people from doing so, so easily. And now they're back to the same old thing, uh, not just with uh, being able to close down the major highways when they want to, but, uh, oh my God, pollution, pollution, pollution by 2025 and so on. Some of them are saying this, some countries are saying this. Uh, the, the, the internal combustion engine will be off the road. Well, in the countries, folks, uh, this, the little electronic uh, awful cars uh, will never manage with electrical demands and how much it uses so fast. So no folk in the country except a special elite. And I read the articles years ago again. The United Nations said that shortly there'll be uh, a, a tiny minority on rural areas and they'll all be very, very wealthy people. So everything's planned in, in advance. You're given lots of filler to fill your head as you live your entire life, they constantly make sure you get lots of rubbish to prowl on about. All irrelevant, or mainly irrelevant. Most of it's always irrelevant. 
Um, but it fascinates you like a little passing happy thought, like, like, a, like a temporary happiness, like a, a piece of chocolate that's there for 10 seconds and gone. That's what they give you. They churn it out. Churn it out all the time. Better than having you thinking for yourself, isn't it? If you think for yourself, who knows where that will end up? Oh, good Lord. There could be anarchy. Huh? Well, the first thing you must do is take one generation, start with them, train them not to talk about certain things. That's how you start that, you see. These are bad things to talk about. They upset people. So don't talk about them. So eventually you don't talk about them because you don't want to. You've been told to upset people. Well, it'd be awful. Think what have happened, all the terrible things that happened in history before, if you were allowed to talk about them. Hmm? Huh? Think about it. Think about it. Today you're told not to think about things because, or not to talk about certain things because they don't want people thinking about them. So it's tough luck. Or, or offend somebody. Well, my God, if you're so easily offended, let's be honest here, you've got a mental problem going on here. You've got a mental problem. Yeah. I mean, surely you're going to have committees who, who, who get together uh, for different heights of people. And there'll be a, a height. Like a, see, everybody's joining groups. You must belong to some today, special groups. You get the five foot sixers, the five foot seveners, and eighters, and so on, you see. This is where it's all it's meant to go into insanity. Insanity. Absolute insanity. Because we are all technically insane together about the same things. Someone, someone has really been playing with your brain and been awfully successful about it too. Awfully successful. Scientific dictatorship. And Aldous Huxley talked about that back in the 1930s. Because the elite that he belonged to have been discussing what they were bringing in, what kind of society they'd bring in, some of the trials and errors it would have along the way. Other ones were they're absolutely certain they could make happen anyway. Now, as I say, the U.S. is the appointed nation for revolution. And some other countries where they study the U.S., they have better descriptions of it all. And they go into a whole diatribe about liberty and liberalism. It's quite amazing. I mean, Khrushchev, when he visited this, the U.S. as, as head of the, the Soviet Union, he was asked about the, the communists within the U.S. He said, well, we don't call them communists in the United States. It's, it's here we call them liberals. You know. Quite open, quite straightforward. And folks hear that and still don't catch on. Yet the, the, the so-called left in the U.S., 
not from the bottom level, but from the top, where they're given their orders, what, is, what it is to be a true left winger, winger basically. He's what a true left winger is into today. They tell you to be worried about bathrooms and things like that, you see, you know, and all this nonsense, this madness, and nothing but behavior modification for your target groups, which is generally the same target group has been for 50, 60 years. And that target group is becoming less and less vocal as they're not allowed to seek, speak back about things. It's quite interesting to sit and watch it. Behavior modification. Behavior modification. Constant, constant. From where? From the U.S. And if you want a loan from the U.S., they'll tell you that. Hey, you better start pushing these things at the top of the tree here if you want this loan. And you wonder where it's supposed to end up. Hmm. See, when I was small, we used to argue or talk and discuss deeply things that mattered to everybody. Essential things like, well, can we get enough food? Hmm. Essential things. That's what it was about, essential that's what was called sanity. When you're into the form of insanity, then the, the real the real mind benders, the ones at the very top who want to go all the way until you're 108 degrees uh, from where you started, then they're really in control, you see. Truly in control. And everything around them, even what appears to be opposition at times, is all part of the big pantomime. That's what it is. I mean, I heard, you know, one, one little bit from Hillary and who she'd given her allegiance to, which, and everybody in the States and everywhere else must give allegiance to this particular group. <laughs> and they all give allegiance to Donald Trump gave them allegiance. Which tells me this matter who gets in is already pre planned. It's the same old stuff and finishing off the rest of the Middle East and so on and more wars and yada, yada, yada. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. The same agenda that was disclosed in the 90s is continuing until all those countries on that list get wiped out. That's a must-be, obviously, for the big boys that really run the world. Obviously. And guess who pays for it all afterwards? Not the corporations end up with all the trophies, but you do, you see. That's what you're here for. Now, re-education, of course, was all part of the Soviet system, too. If someone uh, wasn't quite pro-Soviets, they'd They'd bring you in and, and train you until you were. If you couldn't make it, you simply, you know, had an accident. You just disappeared, whatever. didn't matter. Nobody would ask because they were terrified to ask what happened to you. But one way or another, you were not going to go around with the same opinions as you had before. And here you have it in Canada. I mean, Ontario parents who refused to vaccinate their children could be forced to take science class. No, science, it's not called a science class. This is propaganda, folks. If it comes, and I've done the talks too about vaccinations, 
try and get the proof of how many flus they've avoided. You can't get anything because they don't keep any stats, they claim, to see if anything actually works. We know that better hygiene and better food to build up the immune system has had better effect, more effect than anything out there. Anything that's been given by science. Anyway, Interior was cracking down on parents who choose not to vaccinate their children for non-medical reasons. The Health Ministry of Canada's most populous provinces tabled a bill that would force those who reject the vaccination to take a science lesson called the Education Session. So you're in for a session. You'd be called in for a session by the reinforcers, you know, the Ministry of, of Truth or the Ministry of Love, you know. If the bill is passed, parents would have to attend a session before applying for a vaccine exemption. A consultation with public health units and other stakeholders is planned, which would determine the content of the science lesson. This, this is total mind, you know what. And here was the first province in Canada to introduce immunization laws. In 1982, it required that children attending school be vaccinated against certain diseases, including diphtheria, tetanus, polio, and measles, unless they have a signed exemption. And that's how they start everything. Oh, we'll give you a way out. You know, after so many years, they take away that way out, you see, and call you mad if you don't go along with it. After routine immunization was introduced, cases of those diseases dramatically reduced. Is that better hygiene? Parents who apply for an exemption for non-medical reasons risk having their child pulled from school if there's an outbreak or the immediate risk of an outbreak of a designated disease. Now, it goes against all reasoning because if, if you are in university and you haven't had an inoculation for something and everybody else has, then supposedly the ones who've had it are perfectly safe if it's a real outbreak. So why are they targeting the person who hasn't had the inoculation? As though they're the ultimate risk, the evil here. When you can't get logic, there's some, going, some, some, there's some con game going on, folks. We, that's always been the test bed. You must get logic, rationality and logic. And, and, and the proof of things, the data. And the proposed bill follows suspension of nearly 600 high school students who failed to provide their immunization record as part of Health Minister Eric Hoskins' proposed new five-year strategy. Oh, we've got five-year strategies and 10-year, 50-year plans like the communist system. Anyway, it's called Immunization 2020, which will also launch an online tool. So once again, that great internet that's meant to keep track, trace the whole bit is going to help parents keep track of their vaccination schedule. Now, it will prompt you when you start forgetting. Don't forget, you have to get these needles stuck in you next month. So, this is your part of your, your propaganda tool here. But I've, I mean, it's just not, I've read the articles before. There were top ones written by scientists saying, where's the proof that this particular flu shot works? 
etc., etc., etc. From the authorities themselves. So there you go. There's uh, there's your free society, you know. So you're forced to your science class. I guess if you keep using the same old bathroom, and you don't listen to all this nonsense of, they'll force you to take a a, a science class as well. We think it will stop this there. Of course it won't. Whenever authority butts in and starts telling you by force of law something, it never stops at the one thing to start it with. Believe you me. Hmm. What I'm showing you here is that uh, do you have any control at all over anything and what you think is your society? You'll find you don't. I mean, just take a few of the rotten topics that you're... I can't even bother reading I mean, anymore. Here's one. You know, this is... Um, but this is Canada again. The, the marquee liberal commitment to Syrian refugees resettlement could end up costing the taxpayers here in you know, Canada close to a billion dollars. Right? You're broke. Your banks have already stated um, they've got bail-ins now scheduled. It's all been signed into law. Haircuts, as they say. And it's not going to stop, basically, the promised, um, the promised uh, insured amount in the banks. They are, because I read a lot of the stuff that they put out on I mean, literally, you need about 25,000 lawyers, I think. Uh, to make sense of it, but it's going to give them the right to dip in deeper and deeper and deeper, regardless of how much you got in the bank. But no, let's let's just bring all this. Let's let's just borrow more money uh, to bring more folk into the country. Yeah. So you get that story. Then you get this one. Uh, it's, it's amazing too. You get the same stories from every country at the same time, isn't it? About Germany's federal government expects to spend 93.6 billion euros, that's 106.2 billion dollars, to support refugees over the next five years. Right? And then you get um, the Bank of Canada to beef up market intelligence to better gauge new risks, it says. Yeah, market intelligence team. So a market intelligence team. Eh? This is from the same banks that keep overspending and but to bail them out every time, you know what I mean? Uh, intelligence team? Well, maybe intelligent. It doesn't mean they're stupid. they got intelligence all right, but, but, but who's, who are they looking out for? Huh? Yeah, it's intelligent, looking after the, out for themselves. Anyway, responsible for keeping in touch with traders, asset managers, and other industry players. So there you go again, you see? These are the kind of stories that all, they turn out in every country at the same time. To me, I think it's just you, you see. And then I get another ridiculous thing. You're just out of hospital. There's, there's a demand there from the, the reassessing your property. And what they always do is they tack another 50 grand onto something. Well, we, let me estimate your property's going up 50. For what? I'm still in the same swamp. It's still the same old swamp. The house is falling apart. And they try to tell you that your, your property went up according to other people's market values, not my own, but other people. What rubbish is this? 
rubbish is this? It's absolute rubbish, as you well know. Because everything's fallen apart. I said nothing new is in here at all. Uh, it's still the same little place, you know. It's nothing new has been built in the area. There's no great giant Walmarts and big, you know, nothing like that. No, <laughs> no, nothing they could they could justify with the problem about. But then you have this, you see. China is buying Canada. Inside the new real estate frenzy, well, it's been they've been buying Canada since the eighties. I remember in Toronto, they used to come round. Uh, literally, I'd heard about it before I saw it, but they literally did come round the doors and streets asking to buy your house, and they'd have they'd have briefcases full of cash. And it says, how China's affection for Canada's real estate is reshaping the nation's housing market well beyond Vancouver. So in other words, if they're buying property up, then all, all, all the con artists that belong to government who want more taxes off you is going to use it as an excuse to pretend that, you're, that the, your value of your home is going up, even if there's no Chinese living anywhere near you. It's the same stories that I've read in Australia over the years too. That that's one reason their market's out of sight for ordinary folk living in Australia. They can't afford the houses anymore. Well, it's the same thing in Vancouver and Canada, and things like that. You know, same stories. Same stories all over the world. You'd swear it's all coming from the same computer program that makes up all these all these stories because it's all little factoids of truth, little bits of truth. And amongst all the, the confusion that they put out there uh, to get you prattling on about, you know. Yeah. Vancouver's housing crisis caused by foreign money and government reports, says. It's just disgusting. Just, yeah. Until the average house in Vancouver is over a million dollars for some little stick house somewhere. You know, rubbish. But that's where you live in this. You live in this madness, which is very, very well controlled madness, uh, by those who run your minds. You see, and most folk, because I've studied us so well, are egocentric and egocentric. We'll do the things we like to do, but we'll shy away from the things which we don't like to do. And that goes. That's the same for news. Oh, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. That makes me feel unpleasant. Tell me about some new fictional program that's coming on, some comedy, and let me laugh about it. That's the choices that people have today. The people today, if you put them into a pre-World War II environment, couldn't survive at all. They would be suicidal, completely suicidal. Because back in a pre-World War II society, you didn't have so many government agencies. They, hadn't, they needed World War II to take over the agriculture, the housing markets, the food industry through the Department of Food. Yes, every country had a Department of Food, by the way. And they put you on these massive rationing things and had starvation all over the place until they have never released officially the starvation figures that killed how many in places like Britain during World War II. You can get lots of the propaganda stuff saying, here's where you're allowed a quarter of a quarter an ounce of butter a week and stuff like that. 
yada 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 but they don't show you how many folk died of starvation because they didn't just die of starvation right through the 50s and the 60s the effects of the, this rationing during World War Two had the effects on the generations that were growing up then and stunted their growth and stunted other things that happened with them. It wasn't until about the 80s, 1980s, you started getting taller children again. That's how long it takes to catch up through the different genes. You have no idea what the big boys know at the top because they've always been studying you. Always. And still are. Now it's easier because you, you do it all for them. Yeah, I know there's no privacy on my cell phone, but, uh, well, you know, I've got some, uh, it's a trade-off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's people, yeah, that's people for you. It reminds me of that, you understand too, there's a lot of people at the top laugh, they laugh, as if when they compare what happens today with religion. Because religion has a lot of things you think are crazy in it. But they're not. It's also part of the studying of humanity thousands of years ago and today. So one guy gives away his birthright, his right to rule and all the rest of it, because he's hungry. He wants a plate of pottage, to say. The convenience of having something nice and warm right now this instant, and you give it all up. Is that so far-fetched as what you've been doing yourself? Until, literally, you think it's a quaint but silly idea to talk about privacy. Folk fought for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years throughout Europe for privacy, because they had none. The king's men would bust into your house at any time with their bayonets on the whole thing, and stab you to death if you give them your lip back. That was the normal. You had no rights as a tenant. Zilch. And one generation gives it all away because, well, yeah, if I give that away, I'll have a, I'll have a trade-off. I can, get, I, can, I, can, I can get this and do this and do this, you know, on this piece of plastic cheap rubbish they got in their hand. And the government agencies have never had it so good because they're getting everyone's real data in real time constantly. Everything you do, they know immediately. What you're thinking, they know immediately. Where that thought might end up taking you, they know immediately. See, in a complete totalitarian system, Everyone must be completely predictable. And you all are now. Now, I didn't mean to go off on this little rant tonight. In fact, I was on the phone earlier. Now, I can't talk long because my voice goes after that awful thing that happened not long ago there. <clears throat> and it's still healing, so I've got to be careful how long I talk. Things like that, because my voice starts to go. But um, I'll battle on for as long as I can. And um, I'm still looking into things I need to get for treatment for myself, because I won't get inside Canada. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what you have to do today. You have to be hopefully wise enough to 
check everything out for yourself and take matters in your own hand for your own life because the time will come for a lot of you that you're going to have to. That's how things are. As I said already, uh, there was snow earlier this morning and it's been flurrying on and off all day. And we're well into May now. And uh, Hamish, the dog, as I say, for all his cancer problems, um, still, he's still able to wag his tail. He's, he's got three tumours in the tail alone. <laughs> uh, but see, he'll, he'll wag that tail as well. And um, still eating, thank goodness. Uh, I managed to get him eating when I got back from the hospital. I could do a couple of days to get him to be able to eat and hold anything down. But I did it and... It's like night and day, but his life is shortened as well, obviously. And you got to take each day as it is, because it's a little miracle that's with you every day, isn't it? That's what we are. We're all little miracles. If you toss out all the little petty nonsenses that you've swallowed uh, and been indoctrinated with, you're, everybody's a little miracle. And that's all you have eventually is life and each other, isn't it? That's what you have. Well, anyway, hope I haven't bored you. And uh, as I say, I have to thank a lot of folk who are still emailing me. And the folk who can't afford to send me anything, don't worry about it because there's lots of you out there. And I know how tough times are now, and people are broke. People are broke, they're losing jobs and losing their places where they're living and all the rest of it. Not just in one country, it's across the world now. Selectively, and some more than others, certainly. But what it teaches you is that life isn't for you. Life isn't all that predictable. Accidents do happen. Things do happen. And uh, when they do, they throw you off kilter a little bit sometimes. Sometimes you need to get thrown off kilter. Uh, to make you think. But, um, yeah, as I say, you're all little miracles. You're given a whole lifetime to do something with your life, uh, even for yourself, to learn things, to perhaps change something for the rational better, not the insane nonsense, the rational better. And you don't. You're being entertained to, to death your whole life long. So think of the of your opponent that creates all the things for all the little miracles to stop them getting together and doing things which are good and creating a better place for themselves and their rational, rationality, non-sanity. That's a lot of work for them to make sure that everyone's kept apart with pettiness and little things which are disagreeable to each other. No, no, no. Understand, there's an insane system which is insane, but clever like a fox with this insanity. And it's at work right now to destroy anything which is good. And anything which has been good, for that matter. Think about it. See, only you can do things like think about things, maybe say things too. If you draw attention to yourself, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? At least your name will be standing out in somebody's record, whether they like you or not. As opposed to in the, what they call the dross of history. These are all the, the, the clones of each other. They're called the dross. doesn't matter if they're alive or not, really. That's how they talk about them at the top. 
So your conditioning and how you allow conditioning to rule you uh, classifies you and has you in the, the category that, uh, that the elite want you to be in. Think. The time might come when you will not have the time to think anymore. You won't have a lifetime to sit and think about things. Never mind do anything about it. I used to watch my parents, as I've said it before, when the TV came in in Britain. I'd watch them smile at the same time, or, or almost cry at the same time, or whatever. all the expressions as they were being being sucked in to this Medusa system every darn night. And I thought about all the, the hours, countless hours of life wasted where they could think for themselves and plan and work things out for themselves and decide things for themselves, but nope. Instead of that, they were being programmed through fiction, fiction, fiction and emotion, which is far more intense today than it was even then. And you only get this one shot at things. You only get one shot here. That's what living is. Well, anyway, Brian preach. I'm going to preach anyway, so I'll leave that to the to the fake guys out there to do the preaching to you. So from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, where another week has gone in, then it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.